0: Better, smarter, faster. The neural network needed to power the digital ecosystem of healthcare is poised to transform care both inside and outside of hospital walls in traditional care settings. Meaningful data analytics positioned in real time to drive better diagnostics, intelligent operations, seamless care coordination and integrated telehealth. This is the future of connected healthcare. We talk to the experts about transformational roadmaps for this evolving landscape, what's working, what's needed, and how we get there together. Welcome to Healthcare On Air, presented by
1: Verizon. Hey,
2: everyone, and welcome back to Healthcare On Air by Verizon. I'm your host, Robin Goldsmith, Global Lead for Health Innovation and Strategy here at Verizon. And you know we are continuing to talk about health equity. This will be the fifth episode dedicated to this really important topic. And joining me is my friend and co-pilot Courtney Schoon. Hey,
1: Courtney, thanks for joining. Hi, Robin. Thanks for having me again.
2: And we're really privileged to have both Natalie Ocean and Erica Plyby from Hall. ladies. Thank you so much for joining today. Thanks for having us. All right, so before we dive into the conversation, let's just do a quick round the horn on intros. Courtney, why don't you start us off? Sure.
1: Um, So I'm Courtney Schoon, working in the Corporate Social Responsibility Department here at Verizon and um, had the privilege of running our Forward for Good Accelerator program this last year, focused on health equity, where we worked with seven startups using leading edge technology to really advance access and improve outcomes um, around health and health equity around the country. And so looking forward to interviewing our two co-founders who were part of the cohort this year today. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name
3: is Natalie Ocean. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for I'm um, based here in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, my background is in healthcare management and healthcare administration with a focus on healthcare quality. So that's also the lens that I help to bring to the organization as well as just helping to manage all functional areas for the company. I'm really excited to be able to chat with you guys today.
0: Hi, uh, I'm Erica Plyba, founder and CEO of MedHaul. My background is in clinical and research informatics, uh, which means I spent uh, most of my career before MedHaul building and deploying software solutions for hospitals, clinics, uh, academic research organizations, clinical research organizations, and also very excited to be here today.
2: So I'd love to hear from you both, kind of when you think of health equity, you know, how do you think about that term? Because I know it's a it's a big a big term that has a lot of different angles and lenses to go through, but from med Hall's perspective, what does that really mean to you?
0: Yeah, um, I can go ahead and jump it off. For me, I think when I think about health equity, I think about just equity in general. Uh, so an equity for me means having all the tools that I need so that I can have an equal chance to participate in something. Doesn't necessarily mean success. Uh, because we may all try at something, but we may not be successful. But it means that I have all the tools so that I can participate in the same way that everyone else. Um, so whether that's education, finance, uh, and for this conversation specifically, healthcare. You know, if I want to get to my doctor's appointments, but I have to catch three buses in a city where the, the public transportation infrastructure isn't that strong, you know, is that really equitable? in comparison to someone who may have a car and can just run to their appointment, quick 30, 45 minutes before work and then just head on to work. So when I think about health equity, I think about equity from a, a more broad perspective. And I can um, pass it off to Matt.
3: Yeah, from my lens, definitely adding on to what Erica shared. From my perspective, it's also the elimination of some of those barriers that people may have that prevents them, even if they do have the right tools from even being able to access those resources. And also understanding that um, a cookie cutter solution doesn't work for everybody. So similar to what Erica was sharing, providing everybody with similar or the same resources may not be um, applicable given their situations, their circumstances, their environments.
2: From a Verizon perspective, it's you know connectivity and devices, those haves and haves nots and the implications of Having access to that, what that means to, in your healthcare journey. So, um, I mean, are you, you know, at your core, you're focused on access and equity. But are you seeing that as, you know, the transportation piece that you're solving for, as people are kind of recognizing that that is a social determinant of health?
0: Absolutely, I can I can definitely start off. Um, absolutely, and it's so interesting because in addressing transportation barriers we also see so many of the other barriers as well uh, because we're we're on the ground or our our transportation partners are on the ground in the neighborhoods in the homes with the patients transporting them so having the opportunity to have conversations with them and through those other interactions we're also learning about other barriers as well and obviously transportation is key i mean we we can't keep building like these state-of-the-art, you know, centers um, or, you know, building this state-of-the-art technology it, within hospitals if patients can't even get there, right, or within uh, doctor's offices if patients can't even get there. We, all, we often call transportation the ugly barrier because it's, it's not sexy. It's like people don't care about it. Um, it's also one of the barriers that a lot of people don't actually think that much about unless they work directly with patients or they've had a family member or something like that. Um, And we've also seen, like within the health system, uh, or even outside of the health system, there is not really a strong transportation department within a hospital or health system, insurance company, uh, a, a payer that's looking to get patients to their appointments for clinical trials. So, um, so that's one of the reasons why we solely focus on transportation because we really want to make sure that we're actually solving the problem.
2: And, and I loved your comment about, you know, as your folks are transporting people, you're also seeing, like, you're seeing it, you know, the, the lack of food or like a, a bad environment for that patient to be in.
1: One of the other reasons I think uh, you probably focus on transportation, I wonder if you'd be willing to share a little bit about your lived experience with transportation as a barrier to healthcare access and um, for a family member and how that has motivated and what that experience led you to, to founding MedHaul. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Actually, I founded the company for two reasons. Um, and then after this, I would love to hear why Natalie may wanted to join our company to focus on transportation, but because she could have gone to any health organization pretty much in the country, um, but she joined us. But um, I founded MedHaul for two reasons. One, because of my personal background uh, in clinical and research informatics. I, I have been obsessed for a very long time with finding a way to make some workflow in healthcare a lot easier with the use of technology. That's just always been my thing. And I'm also a natural fixer. Like I hear a problem and my brain starts to turn. Um, but then on the personal side, my grandmother was a type two diabetic double leg amputee and my family struggled tremendously with getting her to and from her doctor's appointments. Um, and being a double leg amputee, uh, Obviously, have not having any mobility on your own. You're completely wheelchair bound, and my mother was my grandmother's primary transporter. So that means my mom was either, was taken off work because my mom's a full time teacher. She was taken off work, you know, taking my grandma to all of her appointments, lifting her in and out of our vehicle, which was not wheelchair accessible because we couldn't afford one. And I remember asking the doctors, like, aren't there little vans? Because this was th- This was about ten year, ten plus years ago. And I remember asking the doctor, like, aren't there little vans that go around and and pick up people or like, can we schedule that? And, you know, I just remember the like the nurses, the schedulers, the CNAs, everybody being so busy. Once again, there's really no focus on uh, many of these social barriers, but definitely not transportation um, and even housing and food really until today. And so I just remember thinking, why is this so difficult? Like this should not be this hard. You know, at that time, Uber and Lyft were coming of age. like it was it was just, you know, um, and so I was just like, if we can, I feel like we can fix this. Um and then I kind of let it go for a while. And then a couple years later, uh, working in one of my roles in a hospital, I actually got an email by accident. I was supposed to go to a different Erica in a completely different department of the hospital of the of the uh, yeah, of the hospital. And it came to me and the email was just listing out all of the transportation issues that the patient services department was having. And, I, and, and then my mind started to go back to the issues that my grandmother used to have. And I'm like, this is actually a real problem. And so I reached out to the person to let them know they sent me the email by accident, but I told them I was very intrigued by all the problems they were having. Could I come over to their department and just talk with them to learn more? And that was actually the the origin story of how I started to brainstorm uh, for the company. And so uh, having that personal, but also professional perspective really helped a lot. After working with that um, health system, I called around to some different colleagues across health systems across the country. And I said, are you all having trouble with discharging patients due to lack of transportation or patients not showing up to their appointments because they don't have a ride? And are you also having problems with managing that transportation as well? Because one of the biggest challenges that I also saw was that um, the nurses or the social workers, they were calling around to find different transportation providers. It's like, well, oh, do you have a wheelchair van, is it a bariatric wheelchair van? Is it available at this date? And all of this is happening over the phone. Multiple human touches, a lot of I'll call you back, a lot of errors. Uh, and so I thought there should be an easy way to find and book transportation for patients with complex needs without having to take two hours out of a nurse's or, or CNA's time and uh, also requiring 11 human touches or phone calls. And so that ultimately is the very short <laughs> origin story of...
2: Um, I love the origin story.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I joined, I've been a part of the med hall journey, I think even when it was an idea in Erica's head. Um, I had no idea what a startup was, what digital health was really, but I definitely stood behind what problem she was trying to solve, because I also saw that in my day-to-day working in healthcare. And then I formally joined the team full-time in 2020, um, and I knew that this was the the right decision in our our day-to-day now, just being able to see how we're directly impacting people's lives, the feedback that we receive from patients, the feedback that we receive from their loved ones, feedback that we get from their uh, caregivers who work at the organizations that we partner with. And also even for my transportation providers, a lot of them find a lot of joy and value and and, and validation in working in this capacity um, because they develop
2: rapport with patients sometimes. You know, my first thought when I'm hearing you speak and and what I've again, I have the it's really been a privilege to be part of the accelerator and to hear your stories. And I think it's to, to a company, it's. You, out of your own lived experience, you saw an issue that, you know, Erica, you have an incredible pedigree of working in in healthcare. You were super successful prior to building this company, and but you saw you saw a problem. And I guess my first question is, like, why does it take folks like you to solve something that seems to be such an issue across the country? I mean, it it takes you guys. You have your own lived experience with your grandmother, and then you see it again. You get this serendipitous email that lists all the challenges, which I love that story. Yeah,
3: sure. um, I think a lot of it comes from being uh, directly connected to the problem, in a sense. A lot of people still don't understand even just the complexities and the nuances related to transportation itself. It's not just arrived to and from. There's all these other things that need to be taken into account that often folks um, overlook and it's really hard work especially for the types of rides that we're focused on the types of patient populations that we're focused on
0: we saw most of the transportation issues in four uh, specific populations and that is low resource communities elderly patients, uh, patients who are physically or intellectually disabled and patients who live in rural communities and while yes, it would have been much easier for us to do like a curb to curb solution. That wasn't where the greatest need was. In Lyft and Uber, they have curb to curb down, like they had the foundation. So no need for us to replicate that, but we wanted to make sure we were targeting the patients that had the, the most need. Um, so I ultimately, once I decided, or once I found out that there was, there weren't many companies working on this, I just said, hey, okay, I'll build a solution, but it'll just be for Memphis. Still good. like. It'll just be like an initiative, Um, and that initiative then turned into a company that is now in 10 states and hopefully in 14 states by the end of the year.
2: I I think I've seen that in not only you, but every other, you know, your peers in the cohort that I really see that, you know, the lived experience and then just call to do this to make a change, you know, for the better of, of all of us, and especially those in underserved, the most most vulnerable folks out there, which I, I just commend you again. It's, it's amazing the work you're doing. Um, you know, as you you saw from Memphis and Tennessee and now you're you know, you're in 10 states. I mean, when you're scaling, you know, the company, I guess the next question is, you know, I. Obviously, you know, I'm talking about technology and connectivity and devices. Kind of what's the technology piece that you're seeing in in your in your approach? How is that making things a little bit easier? I'd just love to kind of sync out, you know, understand the the technology piece of MedHall and, and how you're utilizing that and potentially what you learned in the in the accelerator as well. Yeah, I can start with the technology
3: piece. Um A lot of our technology is built with the end users in mind and so the end users include both the healthcare organization that we work with the patients first and foremost i should have said that first and of course the transportation companies who we work with as well and so the solution generally is a scheduling and management platform and so the technology um, is able to kind of capture uh, request needs um, versus the phone calls that erica spoke about earlier um, and so, the good, the right thing about the technology and the way that we use technology to make the process more streamlined and efficient is one, we have algorithms that match and kind of push out those requests to uh, applicable parties. So, it doesn't go out to every transportation company that exists in the US because we know human error exists and we don't want people to inadvertently accept a ride that they have no business accepting because they're not in the geographic scope or they don't have the accommodation to be able to support those needs. Um, we also use technology to provide communications externally from our platform. So even though patients aren't currently engaged in the platform directly as far as scheduling their own rides, uh, most of, a lot of the organizations we work with prefer to have their team members schedule on behalf of the patients. But patients are still kept informed. And so they're kept informed via SMS text message as well as automated phone call reminders. And then also abilities that they need to cancel their ride. Maybe someone uh, in their family is available to take them. They can cancel But most importantly, they um, receive communications, also get to provide feedback on how their experience was. And then for our healthcare organizations and our transportation companies, we also provide notifications um, via email and via text message as well, just as secondary reminders in case they're not directly in the platform. And there's a whole host of other ways that we use technology as far as um, for uh, location purposes, predictive analysis, et cetera. And there's a lot of other things that we're looking to explore, um, especially as we've engaged with you all at Verizon and the Accelerator, and just understanding the expansiveness and the robustness of resources that are available that people have already been working on for years and years that we don't have to do or create or recreate the wheel on on our own. But ideas that we've had in our head have definitely been unlocked in participating in the Accelerator, given some of the resources you all have provided and some of the uh, people resources specifically is what I'm speaking to, just understanding um, what their roles are in um, in the technology space, specific, specifically related to health equity. Um, but yeah, those are some of the ways that technology really serves our platform and our user base.
0: And just to double tap on what Natalie shared about not reinventing the wheel, I think what was the most refreshing thing and surprising thing about the accelerator is learning how much it, Verizon has been building in the healthcare space and supporting the healthcare space for so long. I think I, I I often tell I told some of our investors that I was like Verizon is so humble about this. Like why? Like a lot of folks don't know, um, and I was really excited to learn about that. As we look to you know um, continue to engage the patient while while they're in route. There are technologies that Verizon has today that that we are are looking to implement, and we don't have to build ourselves. And as an early stage startup, that is much more beneficial than trying to build something yourself, which can be very, very expensive. As well as Verizon has already done it, so why would we why would we try to reinvent something that Verizon has already done, especially if that's not our core expertise? Right. I will also say that from a technology perspective, overall, technology has honestly just really helped us scale. Um, if we were if we had you know, a van or a couple vans and we were trying to expand a, a transportation company um, that was not tech enabled, that would be extremely difficult to do. And that was one of the reasons why we don't own any vehicles. Uh, we are strictly the, the software platform, the digital piece and connecting these transportation companies that are already on the ground. Um, a lot of folks ask us, well, are there transportation companies available? They are, they're just very hard to find because they are not very tech savvy. And so part of our impact is not just impacting the patient, but then also positively impacting these small businesses, these transportation companies that own anywhere from two vehicles in their fleet to over a hundred vehicles in their fleet, but may not be as tech or business savvy to get uh, transportation contracts from a Johns Hopkins or MD Anderson or St. Jude Children's Research Hospital or whatever, and we have those resources and we can also help make their jobs a lot easier as well. And so, um, overall, I would I would definitely say without the, without technology for us, there would have been no scale, or it would have definitely taken a lot, ten times as longer um, for us to be able to scale across multiple states, especially in the the populations that we that we work with. And then, on an internal perspective, being tech enabled allows us to look at our operations and figure out immediately what's working well, what's not working well, and be able to present that data to our customers who have been very impressed by like the, the level of reporting that we've been able to provide because they're not used to getting that type of reporting. So it also helps them internally as well with their transportation operations.
1: And can you speak to Erica on that note of reporting to some of the um, impact and outcomes you've seen from you know some of the, the pilot program you ran in Memphis to the um, expansions that you've done in recent years,
0: yeah, happy to. And then I'll also pass it off uh, to Natalie because this is definitely her wheelhouse from the quality piece. But I would say um, we had like to we like to say that we prefer to impact every stakeholder that is involved within the med hall chain. So that's the patient, the healthcare provider, uh, and the the transportation company. We are certified B Corp. So in addition to our being a a for-profit, we are certified B Corp, which means that we not only focus on profit, but we also focus on purpose and impact as well. And so we went into this uh, building the company to make sure that we're impacting all of these these individuals. And so today um, we've been able to heavily impact uh, the lowest income zip code uh, within the state of Tennessee which we're very excited about because unfortunately what we learned is that many transportation providers um, and even ride share providers don't go to certain neighborhoods because of the crime. Um, And that is part of our training. Uh, When we bring on new transportation providers, we ensure that they're able to serve and willing to serve all patients regardless of their zip code or where they live. Um, We also heavily uh, support four major clinical areas. We work across any clinical area, but where we have seen the most impact is in the oncology space with cancer patients getting to and from their appointments, as well as uh, maternal health uh, for prenatal and postpartum transportation, mental health and um, dialysis as well. Um, Nat, did you wanna share anything else related to impact?
3: Yeah, I mean, as far as impact is concerned, definitely everything that Erica's also already shared um, but from a, a quantitative perspective, we have um, kind of surpassed our 14,000 complex rides uh, completion um, this past month. So that's been really exciting for us to kind of hit that major milestone. And when we speak about complex rides, we're focused, like Erica mentioned before, um, the rides that we're talking about are just beyond curve to curb. So any patient need that requires additional um uh, higher touch service as far as assistance in or outside of the vehicle or in or outside of the facility, providing additional accommodations like having a wheelchair provided if someone is wheelchair bound and they don't have one of their own, or providing car seats or booster seats, which we've been privileged to do um, through a grant that we received from the um, Department of Health and Human Services recently. So there's been a lot of great things that we're, that's that been happening with and Hall, especially as we scale across the country and also as we continue to demonstrate With the data that we're able to provide um, how transportation is such an important part of people's health care even though it's just one small minute factor um, in the the entire um, process when you look at it from a um, a holistic perspective but
1: yeah and what impressed me was the impact it had for the health system right i mean the number of you've spoken about the cost savings and the uh, ER visits, um, prevented, um, by having the service available. Yeah, we
0: were, we were, and that was actually something we were excited to see, uh, with Verizon as well, the technology that, uh, existed for some ambulances because in our, some of our work, we've worked with emergency services groups. Um, our first emergency services group, we saved them almost $2 million in the first year in working with us because they booked a ride through med hall instead of sending an ambulance. And that was actually a really cool use case that we hadn't thought of. Uh, that was an inbound uh, where a group, a uh, city emergency services group reached out to us to say, hey, can we book rides for our patients who've called 911 but don't need an ambulance? And we're like, sure, we guess, you know, and it, and, and it worked out really, really well. And so, um, so yeah, we're we're definitely excited to see those cost savings, um, and not just from the ambul- ambulance perspective, but obviously from the emergency room perspective. Because many of the patients that we work with, if they don't have access to those preventative appointments or traditional dialysis appointment, they'll show up in the emergency room, and it costs. We were talking. We talk. We have several uh, dialysis groups that are clients of ours, and they shared that it costs you know upwards of eight thousand dollars to dialyze a patient. In the in the emergency room, uh, just that one visit, and so that's very very costly on our on our health system. We always talk about uh, the fact that it costs our health system over 150 billion dollars a year when patients miss these appointments. So um, so yeah, we are very excited about uh, not only the 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 social impact, but then also the financial impact as well.
2: And I think there like one more piece of it, Erica, and that. Um just the experience is you can tie that directly to reimbursement and and scores hcaps and the patient experience of you know i go to hospital xyz and they made my transportation getting there getting home really easy that is directly impacts the bottom line for healthcare systems is that a big kind of that's a huge i'm sure that's a a big positive in your kind of your approach to working with healthcare systems
3: for sure, yeah. One of the things we often talk about is how what we do is just an extension of services. <clears throat> excuse me, that the patient receives from the healthcare organization. They don't need to know who Hall is. They often don't know who Hall is, aside from maybe if they if they read the text carefully enough, they'll see our name in there. But they don't. They associate this this part of their um, healthcare journey as part of their overall care experience at the organization that they're getting dialysis from, or getting chemotherapy from, or getting whatever type of care from. As, and so we, we often bring that up when we're talking to organizations who are both current clients and also just considering med hall as an option, is that this will also impact your patient patient's experience with your system overall because they feel valued as an individual versus just you didn't show up for your appointment, so I'm going to blame you for that versus we recognize that this is a problem or a challenge for you. How can we provide a resource that helps you bring us, bring you into the system so you can continue to take full control of your health care?
2: hundred percent. And so I'd love to hear from you both kind of, you know, you went through the accelerator, you've, you've taken on Tennessee and now you're growing in 10, soon to be 14 states, I believe you mentioned. I mean, that, that's incredible growth in a, a fairly short window of time. So kind of what's, what's the goal? I mean, is it all 50 states to be able to do exactly what you're doing? And you've been talking about here today with to every state in in the U.S.?
0: That would be great, right? That would be great. I think our our immediate goal is to continue to refine our um, to refine our technology, to continue to refine our operations. Um, we we just want to make sure that we're having the most impact. Um, there are some organizations that reach out and we may not be a good fit for them um, at this current time, but we we want to make sure that we are having the most impact um, and that we're doing it well.
2: I talk to health systems every week. You know, I hear it phrased different ways, but it's always we're at, we're seeing a sea change in healthcare. Innovations accelerated faster than a- any time in history. We're at an inflection point in healthcare. Door to innovation's opened up. Now for you too, you know, being on the front line with your services, kind of what do you see? What would you want to see in the next five, 10 years?
0: Um, um just to kind of add on to what uh what Natalie shared, um, the use of HIEs or health information exchanges. Uh, So with my background being in clinical informatics, um, worked a lot with different tools. Uh, HIEs was hands down one of my favorite tools. Uh, And for those who may listen and who may not know what an HIE is, it's a universal health record. So it essentially takes data from multiple uh, electronic medical records and put it in one. So if you go to hospital A, hospital B and hospital C, you can have an HIE or one universal health record that has all of the data from hospital A, B, and C. This takes so much pressure off of the patient and off of the clinician because they have that data that is easily accessible. So patients don't have to go to hospital A and fill out an a authorization form so that they can fax their records over to hospital C. Um, it, is, it is just wild how complex it has been to, uh, to scale HIEs. Um, but they are literally like one of my favorite. I've seen so much impact in my in my past life from the use of HIEs, like in real time. Um, and then on the second side of that, I would love to see more roles that are typically like ancillary roles, like pharmacy technicians, CNAs, MAs, take on more senior, more responsibilities, so that we can take more pressure off of our like our pharmacists, our physicians, etc so um so yeah those are those are the two things hies and then uh more responsibility and more um i guess what more robust roles from some of our what currently exists is like ancillary roles today to take pressure off of our uh our healthcare professionals
2: absolutely there's a great i love that i mean it's it's bringing the data together which was the goal of the aca right now you've got silo the hie bringing it all together so everyone has this is has the same view and then addressing the the staffing challenges, just kind of distributing the load more efficiently. I love that. Courtney? I
1: have have one last question for you. Um, What would you you say to uh, someone who may have identified a challenge or has an idea about a challenge they want to pursue as a young entrepreneur? Any advice you would give to them?
3: Um, I was going to say, stay curious, but also make sure you understand the problem as thoroughly as possible because you don't want to build for something that doesn't exist. Um, so some people think that they know what the problem is, and just try to start with, you know, building the solution right away. But the hard work and the most rewarding work goes into the planning and discovery and research stages. Um, and again, I'm not, I don't consider myself fully an entrepreneur. So I definitely hats off to Erica. But I think for me, I um, bought like the curiosity piece, I think is what, um, is what's really important here and making sure you're asking the right questions to get the answers that you need to be able to Start forward and executing.
0: Yes. Literally what I was literally what I was going to say. Um, making sure that it's that it's an actual problem and that you actually understand the problem. What we did differently in our space, even though we're venture backed, I took the first year and a half to just learn. I didn't just jump out there and just start raising money, just start pitching. Um Because I didn't know exactly what we were building, right? I needed to talk to more patients. I needed to talk to transportation companies. I did ride-alongs with transportation companies. I learned more than I thought I would would ever learn. Because when we think about transportation, oh, the patient just hops in the car, drop them off at the hospital, boom, you're done. But then you don't think about the patient in uh, South, atlanta that is on the second floor of an apartment building that is a double leg amputee with no elevator and it's like how do you even like there were just so many things that like so many questions that i have when we uh transport some of our patients but these are some of the challenges that we're breaking down every single day or like the parents who may have to bring multiple children but they don't have car seats they don't even they don't know how to put in car seats um, so all the things that we think we know, we don't actually know until we ask the questions. Until we jump out there um, and and do a lot, a ton of discovery. We love we love talking to customers. We love talking to patients. Um, we just we just really love it because we have an opportunity to learn every single time, and we still do that today. So even though we're six years in now, we still do uh, customer discovery. Um, we love 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 talking to our customers. So that's the biggest piece. That i would give to any entrepreneur regardless of whatever it is they want to build or start make sure you actually understand the problem and allow that to educate you on what you want to build and then never stop learning
2: wonderful answers erica plavier ceo and founder of med hall natalie ocean chief operating officer of med hall growing fast and trying to solve this issue of transportation that is critical. And um, we wish you the best of luck in growing and scaling in the right way. Um, Thank you again for your time here today. Courtney, thanks as always for being here. And thanks everyone for watching. Um, We've got a lot of great uh, other episodes in our Accelerating Healthcare uh, series. Um, Please go back and watch those episodes. But until until the next time, take care. We'll see
1: you soon. Bye-bye.